A fucking dog that engulfed the hinges. Oh. Who's that? Oh, KD, you ended in the middle here on this one. Your least favorite position. Uh, that depends on who's on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's up, guys? So welcome to another episode of Drinks and Dogs. I am here no none other with my brother KD, my brother Froz. So cheers, guys. We would start this off with the cheers. Salud. Cheers, guys. Um, you know, really happy to have you guys on. Honor, man. As you guys know, um, or if this is your first time watching uh, Drinks and Dogs, um, KD Matthews, I really feel like I don't have to explain who you are because you're you're the man in that sense. And, you know, KD Matthews, dog trainer, co life coach extraordinaire, now doing all the stuff that he does. So thank you for being on, brother. Thanks for having me as always, man. And Froz, I'm not even going to try to butcher your last name. Froz, the... What's up? <laughs> like, you know, already I'm going to do horrible at it. Um, Froz, you, I mean, Warriors Academy, all like the martial arts stuff that you do. Thank you for being on, guys. Thanks. Um, thank you for being on, brother. Um, so just give you guys a background on uh, what's going on today or what we're doing tonight in this show is, you know, Katie, we've been talking about this quite a bit. You know, we've been talking about, you know, actual, like, protection work and like actual like self-defense work you know and, and everything that goes in meaning dog non-dog and kitty you're obviously you've been training jujitsu for a long time too uh right 2005 and then frost i mean i don't even know how long you've been doing all like the stuff that you've been um i've been um i've been in a self-defense instructor for this month 18 years now as an instructor yeah i've been doing uh, martial arts since I was eight years old, my first martial art I was involved in was judo. Um, when we lived in the Middle East, uh, it's kind of different than here. When you go to school, you are forced to pick a martial art and another sport. Um, it has to be like a ball oh. sport. But since I'm short, I got thrown in fucking soccer. So go figure. Not basketball. I always like <laughs> basketball, but never worked for me. <laughs> you don't have a 48-inch vertical, bro? You know? <laughs> Somewhere else. <laughs> Oh, we're going to get aside. But dirty yeah, stuff tonight, uh, I mean, That's how I got involved. <laughs> yeah, I think, but that's how really I got involved in uh, all that. Um, Jiu-Jitsu, I got into it in 2002. Um, um, kind of close to the time when I got uh, introduced to Krav because that was the self-defense that I got jumped in. Um, I'm, my awareness of Jiu-Jitsu came from Judo, to be honest with you. When they were taughting it in the Middle East, it's way different than here. It's not the sport Judo where we just dump people and there's not. There was a lot of restraint and control in it. Um, when I came here, I moved in the United States in 96. It kind of surprised me how the art differentiate um, big much. And um, when I came here, I got involved in wrestling and I stopped liking grappling more. And that's kind of where step by step it started leading me toward jujitsu, to be honest with you. But I started as legit grappling. It was more in wrestling. I got involved in catch wrestling, and then mm -hmm. jujitsu just came by. So oh, oh, I, just saw I like this guy. So let's let's break it down just a little bit, just for the viewers here, because obviously we've been all talking. But yeah, you know, Froz, give me a breakdown. Where are you located? What is the name of your company and everything that you do? I'm located in Kansas City, Missouri. Not Kansas, where they got the cows. I got to differentiate this. I got a friend that went to Kansas, like, the fuck where I'm at? I was like, that's not my hood. <laughs> so Kansas City, Missouri, in downtown, I um, got a gym called Warriors Academy KC, and we've been running 
hitting our eighth year, getting close to hitting our eighth year. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's a gym where we got, I got an MMA team. Um, we got uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, of course. And, of course, the lead, we got the Krav Maga program for the self-defense. So I saw that um, you actually, you, did, you guys just got a bigger facility, right? Yes, moved in a very bigger facility right now. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. And then uh, your the MMA team, or is it Bell? She's a or you have a Bellator fighters or UFC? Which, which ones do you guys have on that? Order? We had one um, that was just uh, trying out a couple of. Uh, I mean, I got a couple of affiliates that I've known have been there, and now I got a young in a young team in. Um, some of the people just kind of moved on, to be honest. And once when we moved, it's almost I wanted to flip a new page. And to be honest with you, with the fight team, I rebuilt it. One second. This my <laughs> so I got my bulldog. My son's coming through. So, but anyway, um, so we started um, a new team. I got a Muay Thai guy that he's actually been one of those guys that involved in a lot of bare knuckle stuff. I started getting in the young team. So we're rebuilding the whole team, to be honest with you now, with the move we did. COVID just made everything weird. I mean, you have people that have been around that suddenly just don't want to train. Or whatever the reasons, and yeah. wigged up. So you, you got you guys know I don't need to get and waste everybody's time with this crap. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so cat. All right, so we've done, and obviously we heard, we know that you have dogs. Yeah, <laughs> you know we have dogs now. <laughs> and for everyone knows, you know, Fraud's not a dog trainer or anything like that. You know, we're what we're talking essentially is about the self defense aspect of everything. So you know, KD, like you've been in jujitsu, you've actually been in, you've been involved in decoying. And you know the actual work, and you know, well, the man that we we never mentioned, but you know the uh, the OG OG uh, when it comes to that stuff. You know, he the thought process, and this is something that I, you know, I teach a lot to my guys is you know you have to be able to be able to work with your dog, and it also changes the relationship when you go into self defense. I think you know bringing in you know bridging the gap when it comes to learning how to fight, and you know learning how to defend yourself is you know a really crucial part when it comes to like personal protection training in general and like that's one of the elements that i think a lot of people kind of mess up on like they just think they see the videos of the dog getting sent out and oh boom bite recall call off or whatever but not actually getting into like the real dirtiness of like the fight and like what it's going on and what it does to change the relationship between you and your dog as well well, uh, maybe a different word even, you know, when I know what you mean when you say the dirtiness of it, right? I, I know exactly what you mean. And for those watching, an, another word we could use would be the reality of it. Yeah. And and, uh, and uh, first off, I'm so looking forward to tonight, just, just so you guys know. Like, I'm, like, I've been excited for this episode since you first talked to me about it, Mike, because, as you know, and Mike knows, and for those of you watching, you know, Mike and I have had a lot of conversations on the phone about this, con about these concepts, about the, well, and in different con contexts, we've, we've spoken about as we were getting to know each other and building rapport, we've talked about our personal backgrounds, our personal experience with martial arts, our personal experience with violence, and then talking about how that applies to dog training and protection training and working with dogs. And, you know, there's there's so many layers to this onion, this, this onion of combat. And, you know, the, the, the word reality is what was the catalyst for me speaking right now, because 
there are so many people that simply just don't, and this is not their fault, but don't understand the reality of violence. They don't understand the reality of life. And when we talk about martial arts and, and Fraz, you know, I'm going to hand this over to you in a moment and, and I have some questions for you um, yep. to help people to understand that, you know, what you see on TV, even UFC, and I, I enjoy UFC, but the, there, there's a line. There's a line between sport and the reality of violence. And throughout tonight's episode, I totally appreciate that comment, by the way. Because you know, because you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and throughout tonight's discussion, I'm sure we're going to absolutely explore the parallels between this and, and dogs. But I think it would it would help us all to to really let's just continue to focus on. You know, let, let's talk more about human to human. Right. Like the, yeah. the idea of, you know, sport training. Uh, versus real self-defense training. And even with self-defense training, there's a line between self-defense training and then what happens when it's fucking real. Yeah. Don't, I, I, when I get my moment, I'm going to lit on that one because Mike <laughs> follows me and he knows I'm very vocal about this. I don't have a lot of friends in the industry because, especially in self-defense industry, I'm not talking about MMA, combat, jiu-jitsu and that. I am very harsh very harsh and honest when it comes to self-defense because I see some stuff and I'm like, I just roll my eyes. I was like, oh my God, you're going to get somebody killed. Okay. So with that, I'm going to go, I'm going to jump straight into We're it. going to hit it. <laughs> go ahead, brother. Okay. And and you're going to help these questions. And by the way, these questions I have, they're, they're personal questions. Like yep. this is my first opportunity to have a real dialogue, a real dialogue with somebody experienced in Krav Maga. Yep. So I'm taking advantage of that. Now, coming from a jiu-jitsu perspective, and, and just a little background to put to make it relevant yes. for you, Roz, you know, I, I, did, I got into Brazilian jiu-jitsu in 2006. I'm in my late 20s. I had prior to that zero, zero combat training, hand-to-hand -hand training, um, had never been in a fight other than me hitting somebody once or twice, like never been hit back, never been involved in real violence. Um, I had gotten into a fight in the street. I lost and I felt like I should have won. Like it was one of those things where it's like, you know, I know I can beat that guy if I actually knew what I was doing. Yeah. And that took me down the rabbit hole. I, I found a, a black belt under hoist and my life changed so uh sorry to cut you off but my question is i'm asking when you said hoist so you did jujitsu self-defense you didn't do sports jujitsu <laughs> no we didn't do self-defense oh okay sorry I'm, I'm when you said hoist i i just thought okay i'm um, sorry about my, my assumption because no, i've seen him a couple of times when he comes here there's some affiliates um their stuff is really uh, combative jujitsu so they have the combatives program is lately i've rolled i've rolled with hoist before and like some of the, those guys, because Mike Kogan trained at Fairtex when I fought for Fairtex. And before it was like he had, I think, what they changed the combative program five, six years ago. Yeah. Or something like that, where like the, the his sons, uh, who's the ones uh, they're down in LA? Um, Are those his nephews that's, or something that's like Hori, that? That's Horian's kids. Yeah. Horian's yeah. kids. Okay. So like I remember like when they came in, they came into Fairtex and we were running, we we're rolling with them. And it was still very much sport orientated. And we're just like Leo's, like, because Leo's Luta Libre. So, like, you know, we're 
everything's smashing, grinding. We're fucking. Uh, that's uh, my uh, Muay Thai, the Muay Thai guy. Got he comes from a Lunta Libre contra. Uh, yeah, it's all just like push, 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 push. And I remember getting, I remember getting chewed out um, because I was digging, digging shoulders in too much to. Uh, <laughs> I'm really surprised. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm asking about it because I don't go with those guys much, uh, and nothing against it. But you guys go ahead, then I'll I'll, I'll jump in. But yeah, uh, well, gathering from KD, I just want to understand when he said uh, the hoist affiliate. So I thought it just could be combative uh, jujitsu. No, it, nothing it was, against it. It was traditional. It was you know we learned the gi, um, the black belt I was under at the time excelled at no gi. So there was a lot of no gi and gi, but there wasn't much of the actual. There, there wasn't hardly any of the actual combatives. Um, very little take. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I got you on the ground, I'd fuck you up. The problem was I, I can't get you to the ground, um, and, and and that was a big problem when I stepped into the competition scene, and I yeah. learned that really fast. Um, so that was my introduction to it. It was very much the a blend of traditional gi brazilian jiu-jitsu with a lot of no gi coming in and and there's a reason why i lit up when you mentioned catch wrestling because as i spent time in and you know years go on you meet different people i had the privilege of becoming very close friends with carl malenko who mm. fought pride um yep. did all the the the, the shoot the shoot fighting out there and he was one of carl gotch's last remaining students outside of josh barnett and he was yep. my neighbor so like i lived next to carl gotch's legacy yeah my catch wrestling coach is eric paulson by the way <laughs> i just posted a video i don't know if mike saw it of me with him uh, two years ago when he was teaching me something uh um he just shows you the mentality of catch i think we'll break it down later to the audience between catch and jiu-jitsu and when I developed my self-defense program, because I'm going to get deep in about the Krav Maga and piss him off more. But anyway, my ground, it does have jiu-jitsu. But what I've learned from the CSW system that's run by Coach Paulson, it's a hybrid. Jiu-jitsu is good when you're on your back. It is a supreme art when it comes to that, hands down. Catch, you got to understand pro wrestling when, you know, the whole step. But you still have pinning. You still, so catch wrestlers in, in nature don't like to be on their back because they're getting pinned. If it's a catch wrestling competition. So when he mixed the two, um, I believe in catch because it's aggressive. And that's why I mix it in violent. Very violent. It, I mean, it says snap, rip, break. Yeah, catch is catch. Like just catch. <laughs> you just grab anything, a finger, neck. I mean, there's no rules. They'll twist the fuck out of you. And <laughs> well, God, I, mean, I, I will give one experience, and I don't want to make it as a sour note, but we all you guys know that feeling when you meet your Let's say fighter idol, you know, when we nerd out and you're like, I'm gonna get a chance to spar or roll with them. So my introduction to catch when I met my coach Eric Paulson in a seminar, Josh Barnett was there. So I got excited to roll with him. Dude, he stretched the fuck out of me so bad. <laughs> I'm five seven. Back then I was 160. Here's Barnett. <laughs> I'm getting stretched from my ankle up to my head to my ass and i'm like all right this guy's an asshole or what the hell is going on here i'm not liking this because you gotta ease up buddy and after that he slapped me in the back of the head he's like good job kid i was like kid i'm 32 but okay <laughs> <laughs> but, all right dude and I, I, I get mad i really don't get me wrong i was really sour about it for a minute I'm like jesus christ he just 
rape me. <laughs> you know, I was like, let's flow. And I'm like, God, man, this dude is just, but hey, it was all over. It was great. Even when I was like, yeah, this was a beating. <laughs> and, and I went in with a jujitsu mentality. That went off the fucking window. Because <laughs> guard and any of that. Oh my God. The, and what's scary, KD? There was no strikes. <laughs> but everybody, well, of course, you're going to get arguments. Well, that's Josh Barnett. <laughs> that was not Josh Barnett going full blown. <laughs> it's just because if he went full blown, he would have just slapped me. <laughs> the training, but, training Josh Barnett. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't even happy about it. I mean, I'm, I don't think you'll even know it or remember, but I was like, oof, that was an experience. <laughs> well, that's the thing about catch wrestling is, you know, we call it pain wrestling because you're actually wanting them to put you in a submission because it hurts worse prior to the submission. The yeah. dragging of the shin across to every bone in your body, the dragging. And at the time, this is the you know early 2000s, at that time, jujitsu was pussified. Yeah. So there was no cross-facing. There was no wrist-locking. Oh, you really? Did I didn't lock, know that. Oh, you didn't. If you you were an asshole if you did that. Even until now, even until now. Wrist yeah, locks. sometimes I think they get so sensitive about the whole wrist locking and shit. I mean, our Jessica don't give a shit. He makes people do everything, even from white belt, because they have leg to. locks. Oh, what are you leg locking for? Well, because it fucking works. Oh no, you know, learn to pass. Why should I pass when I can rip your knee apart? You know. So then I got introduced to catch wrestling, and I'm like, when are you going to put me in a submission? Because, <laughs> like. This hurts so bad. I want to tap, but I know I can't tap because I'm not in a submission, and that would make me a pussy. So, like, like, just submit me, please. You do not want to tap the fucking smashing that you're thinking about. It's like, dude, this is sucking my fucking soul. Hey, that's not this. But well, you know, if you did that, it's just gonna look so. Dude, bad. That's why. That's why I love Luta Libre so much. Like in the beginning, like when we would get, I yeah, I fucking kicked out of here again. Oh my Jesus god, Jesus Christ. This is why I love like Luta Libre, like when I first got introduced to it. And like, that's why I'm happy. Like my journey was started there, especially with Leo, uh, Leo pulled us around. I know you're not probably watching this, but if you do watch this, you're an asshole. And I know life is not uh, Disneyland. And thank you for teaching me all the lessons you did because you created what you created. But like when I started with him, it was always smash and pass. Like, so I, I learned the hard way. Like, and like what Katie was saying, like, you're like praying at certain points, like, Dude, can you just choke me out or get me in something that I can tap to so I don't like just tap to pressure? And like, then Leo had like, and he's gonna, he's gonna fucking kill me if he ever watches this, but Leo had like man boobs, like where he would like, there's an engulfment here, like in his chest. And he would like fucking just like get it, get like on mount and just dig his chest in. And like, he was like, I'm not gonna fucking tap to this. Like, I will go to like, I'm moving around trying to do what I can do, but he would always just crank in. Like they call that a catch the mother's milk. Yeah, like just, just <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, I would the do the fuck. Milk. I mean, if I can name it, I would go and do with it. But I remember like I would just go like I was like, dude, I was like, I'm not gonna fucking tap to this. I'm not gonna tap to this. And like he would switch to something different mm -hmm. or like whatever like, when I first started. But like even like, you know, in the beginning, like when I first started in jujitsu, I went to like help Gracie's. And like you're not even like in Mountain View, and it was just like weird. Like his his mentality, and you know, helps a little guy, and like he was just like very much crushing your soul type of a thing. And then I got introduced to Veritex because I was boxing, and I went to Leo, and I was like, and Leo was like Leo Luther Libre. I was like, I was like this seemed 
much more realistic because it was nogi oh. and and i one I, I, another friend of mine john barsardi he does uh catch wrestling and i was like dude i was like when i got to catch wrestling and the rest of it i was like man I was like, this is luta libre is just like the dirty the dirty jujitsu or the realistic jujitsu because it is like basically how leo did talk, talk i have not it. met anybody that did luta libre that wasn't a tough son of a bitch to train with I mean, it's uh, and I like those kind of people, but here's the thing. Um, we're all businessmen. And when I run the academy and I get somebody like that unleashed on every uh, beginner student, like, uh, bro, <laughs> and we will talk about this, but not a lot of people are into that pain and it's dumb. Don't get me wrong. I've had so many arguments against me of what my way of my academy and I do believe, I mean, as we mature, I mean, I'm 42 now. I will see somebody, I'm like, all right. I mean, don't say, when I was with Tony's, I was terrible. I, I'm not, <laughs> I was just a terrible training partner. But uh, the thing is, I do believe, uh, like KD was talking about when he keeps talking about the reality level. And you know what, man? And gentlemen, as we agree here, not a lot of people are into that grind and that pain. Nope. And there's a problem, and I think KD will go. I mean, I, I got a feeling when he talks about Crawford, I'm going to give him all the answers and what. Not a lot of people are going, and we you know we're not uh, PC here, so there's a lot of this shit is pussified for money. And I'll give a story about how that uh, I got into a very known person about things like that when it comes to training. Uh, when you know when KD, me and him talk, but I, I do believe I believe actually like when Mike talks about the grind of Luther Lee, because honestly, if somebody's thinking about experiencing violence, you gotta understand the pain. Of course, nobody's gonna come in and knock you the fuck out and just give you a concussion, but- They'll make you uh, hurt. You know, like, like I tell people, I was like, I did professional Muay Thai training and I just show on my forehead. I was like, look at all these cuts. I know what an elbow feels like. I know. Is it fun? Hell no. Do I wanna get a hit with it again? No, but I know. And, and, and you get these guys that never did any combat. Not just streets. I'm talking about combat sports. And they're teaching people, uh, you know, self-defense and this. And I'm like thinking in my head, you never got really punched in the eye <laughs> before. Where are you coming with this? Uh, theories of your teaching. You know, that, that's experience being close to death or something like close to it. I, 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 yeah. I mean, like that was like the, the theory. Oh, so like when I joined into Fairtex and this is obviously we rushed through it before. I joined into Fairtex and Anthony, who uh, the guy, he's a dickhead. He owns Fairtex. Like that's Anthony Fairtex. So that's that. Like whatever you're seeing this, fuck you. I don't care. Like you're an asshole. Um, but like <clears throat> Leopoldo wasn't part of it, uh, and like he was just the trainer of the jujitsu, the grappling side. Him hmm. and Josh McDonald, Justin Holdos, all these guys that like just monsters. But the whole crew on our grappling side was always like. If they come onto our side and then on the Muay Thai side, we're going to make them pay. And like, you know, you and like Leo's thing, like as soon as we, the new guy would come on the mat, kill him, like, like just put him to his, you know, get, put, put him the grinds on him. And like, that's like, our, that's what we did. And like, so we ended up and, and anyone who was part of that actually program to, to this day is like somewhat successful in, in fighting. I mean, like there's Benji Silva that came out of that. There's been I mean, there's so many people that just came out of that whole program were just monsters because of that. But as a business owner, it didn't make sense because people were just getting crushed and were running away from it. And as soon as Leo went to his own gym, he had to start switching it up, 
but it just it's that's kind of like the that's kind of like the the give and take and, and you know i froze as you know like you know i had a i we opened the gym with arash uh and katie yeah. uh i you haven't told you about this but my um ex-wife's brother arash we opened a, a fight we did a fighting gym so we did i taught boxing and i taught uh grappling uh there and in the beginning you know arash always had to pull the reins a little bit he's like it's like mike he's like you can't like you know i was putting people like in you know, like fucking like omoplatas and all so like choking people out there's like just weird stuff but i was just doing the smash and pass stuff that leo taught me but it wasn't conducive to making money but i felt it made it. people stronger so it was uh it's definitely a different world when it comes to like creating like actual people who can you know save themselves versus actual i mean you know versus just like doing like fucking whatever cardio kickboxing or some shit like that and, and honestly um uh, mike that that's when um, i decided to revamp our mma program and totally separate it you know mma i don't know i want to get a nice there's a fetish for it because there's a good way to put it there is a yeah. weird fetish but i do believe um I, I developed well, when I talked and we got this guy and we had a team. One of our grappling coaches, a full on wrestling. He's a brown belt jiu-jitsu, but he's a wrestle wrestler. And mm. I, I have a soft spot for wrestlers because it just wrestle <laughs> maybe the brown belt. Jesus, <laughs> here we go. So yeah, you know wrestlers how they are. And he has like twenty years of experience of that grind. You know, I came from a wrestling background. So at this year, when I moved to the new facility, we're talking about Mike. When I made the decision to figure out the differences, I said, all right. There's a fight team and there are students. And we literally, when we decided with the fight team, it's just gonna be a beating. You say you wanna be fighting? All right, you're literally gonna have your skin hanged on the wall. That's gonna be the fight night for you. And it made things much better, to be honest with you. And it differentiated. And honestly, there's some people that come in for it and they experience that real fight camp training. Like, dude, I don't wanna be a part of this shit. And what, what I did a mistake before when we had the fight team, we had like one, two fighters. We're getting in and help the students to help them fight camp. We lost students during the fight camps. They just do not want to go through yep. that grind. And all of you have been there when you're cutting weight and you get close and that momentum. I mean, I remember when I competed 2017 in Pan Am, the entire gym did not tolerate me. I was not even teaching. <laughs> Like literally, I was dropping from 198 to compete at 170. Uh, yeah, going in, and I I even compete on the entire fucking gym hated me. Nobody tolerated me, and when I was rolling, I was rolling for the kill. So you have to differentiate, and of course, people are gonna look at us. What the fuck does have to do with real fighting? It's that momentum. Sometimes you need. It's that feel. It's that just like you know what. I'm going to fuck you up right now. We're going to go roll and I'm going to kill you. Not a lot of people want that. And um, a great person, I know, a friend of mine, Tom DeBlas, um, he has a successful gym. But I tell you, he talks about his uh, competition crew. That's not a lot of people in there. Yeah. And that's how you separate business. I mean, like, <clears throat> that's where... That's where the people that, I mean, like, especially if you're experienced in like violence or whatever, like you're experienced in going to that level, but maintaining that level of clarity and like, you know, bringing this back into, you know, the dog stuff and fighting like that, you know, when you get to a specific level and understanding that much pressure and like 
that intent to harm and be and you're able to i don't say like neutralize it but like you can you can find the calmness in the craziness if that makes sense like you can find the calmness and like i'm going hard as fuck i really want to hurt you but i'm thinking clear at this sense whereas most people who you know go through that level of pressure they're like i want to get the fuck out of here it's fight or flight i want to get the fuck out of here or they just go into that blind like you know anger but finding that ability to just be like oh i'm cool here like, that's why yeah. rolling with new white belts sucks <laughs> like that's, now i'm old right i got a horrible back like i'm like the 15 year purple belt like it took me forever because of injuries and like now when i roll i will tell you no i'm not rolling with you i have no shame no i used to be the guy who never said no and that ended up with a ruptured uh lower lumbar because Oof. of it. so like the now <laughs> and like my last I, I tore my groin right like literally a month after i finally get my purple oh. i one of our black belts we're in the locker room and he's like hey man i gotta do a private you want to be the uk and i'm like yeah sure <laughs> you know okay and he's like what do you want to work on man like i'll work on whatever you want to work on who cares what he does and i'm like not thinking who this black belt was now this black belt is a large older pressure passer and so i go my guard passing sucks so i'm like let's do guard passing and he's like okay no problem now i'm forgetting that i'm the fucking okay and for those who don't know i'm the guy who for an hour is going to get beat up on and allow the the the, the client to run the move i'm not thinking i'm not going to be passing guard i'm going to be getting my guard passed one two the only guard pass this guy teaches is, is a is a pressure pass smash pass I have a tender groin injury I've been nursing. Oh. I didn't know who the client was. We get on the mat. It's a six foot four, 250 pound white belt. <laughs> oh, white belt. <laughs> so the black belt's like, all right. Sorry, I'm laughing because I could just visualize this. <laughs> he starts to show the pass, and I know it because I know his pass. It's a it's a slow and low. It's a low smash and smooth like grind through the white belt grabs my we're in gi he grabs and his hands are already shaking we're not even rolling it's a private fucking lesson and he's already shaking yeah. and i'm thinking fuck i got a groin injury oh, <laughs> boom boom after 45 minutes i felt the pop oh and it tore it, I, I had a grade two tear in my groin when I was at the peak, I had just done my first IBJJF. I had been like renewed in my jujitsu quest. I had gotten the purple belt that I had been waiting for for a long time. Yeah, getting out the blue groin, groin. Two years of sitting from the big white belt who thinks you just raped his sister. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Fuck you, white belts. Fuck you. Like, if you want to roll with me and you're in my weight class, just know I'm going to educate you. You <laughs> By educate means that you're going to get hurt really bad. Oh, yeah. I, I felt that in my groin, bro. The, gro the groin injury was almost worse than the back because if I work out and I exercise, I can take care of my back. Mm hmm. There is no working out or exercising to take care of your groin. Like you can't do anything. You can't go upstairs. You can't like stand up. You can't 
fart. You can't. It's it's a horrible injury. So yeah, I had an injured groin. I never ripped it, and it was the worst six months of nursing it. So, oof. The thing, the one thing I wanted, like obviously talk about, you know, everyone's talking about white belts and everything like that, but the thing about the thought process of a white belt coming into, you know, jujitsu or whatever we're doing, right? So yep. immediate's frantic. So I mean, even like when yes. it comes to like, you know, just a normal person getting attacked, it's frantic. It's like Katie said, you know, shaking, like grabbing a hold of the gi. It's like all this other stuff. So the training isn't there, you know. So like they they automatically go into whatever it is they're doing that there's no real technical thought when it comes to the combative way of doing things yep. and you know kind of and that's what we me and katie we were talking about and like Froz, i actually I mean, how, I mean how long ago was that when i asked you to come down to like california it was like a year year and a half yep. ago yep and i was like all right like we're gonna combine like a self-defense uh seminar and a dog training with self-defense seminar together and then katie we've been talking about that for i mean since we've actually been talking to each other so as a white belt coming in, that's the reality of most people. Like most people, when they get into a fight, they're just like, they're frantic. It's, uh, I got to tell you something, Mike, and you guys are going to love this. Um, so I got back into, you know, with the times and all that. I was like, all right, let me, I was a bodyguard back in the day. I retired 08. So fuck it. I'm done with it. Uh, it interfered with personal life. Money was great. Don't get me wrong. But you're never home. Um, and it, it just started getting into my life and all that. I mean, I miss it. Tempted to get back to it. Got to figure out that. So decided I'll do some a little bit of security bouncing job. Man, I used to think, I mean, I was a bouncer back in the day too. And I ran a couple of like from strip clubs to bars to clubs. Worked them, uh, you know, like in Miami also. So I've seen it all. I've seen all the, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom kind of shit. And you got to track those guys out. But lately, fighting is so weird. And I explained to you one of my assistant was with me. He's a black belt under me in crowd. He, he froze just watching. And it wasn't that he had the frozen moment of a real fight coming up. No, no, none of that. He came up to back me up. He just saw me standing. Literally, guys, two guys got in to face each other. Lips on nose kind of. Lips on nose. Like face-to-face -face shit. And I'm like watching this i'm like all right you guys are gonna kiss or are gonna headbutt i mean i was watching the whole scenario i was like how can i fix this quick that one dude grabbed the other dude from the side a weird clinch and shaking him and yelling at him that was a fight yeah like holding him you motherfucker and i'm like another dude is, i'm like and i looked at my assistant i was like the fuck's wrong with you he's like civilians fight like this i'm like you never seen civilian fights <laughs> i was like what's wrong with you he's like coach i've been training with you like for so many years i'm getting lit by mma guys and i go to he goes to every class like he's a hard ass and he was like and literally he looked like you know when the uh, german shepherd get confused and turned that head to the side <laughs> that's what he looked like and he's like six one bigger than me i'm like the fuck you doing can you just break him up and he's like What's going on here? I was like, they're fighting. He's like, that's fighting? Dude, <laughs> that, that was fighting. <laughs> KD, so we've talked about this and we've talked about like the deep water work and like just, you know, people understanding what it, you know, what it is and everything like that. And like, that's where like in dog training, for example, you know, you see like for us, like for me, like I'll fight with a dog for 
10 plus minutes. Like I'll have them on me. Like we'll, we'll fight. I'll do incremental pressure here and there. I'll use intensity levels. So it's not this, they're biting me in 30 seconds or running a routine. It's like, Oh, Hey, like we're going to, you know, you're going to bite me and then we're going to figure out, boom, like you're, you're going to understand like, okay, pressure's coming on, pressure's coming off. And that we're in actual fight. So you actually have to technically think of what's going on. And then we involve handlers. And then we involve like, you know, it's all this other stuff. So there is much more than what, you know, the, the reality of it is. So like when my dogs do, like, I mean, in this last weekend, we did a, a decoy seminar and we had 15 plus decoys and everyone got to meet my dogs. They got to meet like the dogs that we've trained and they, it wasn't, it didn't work out so great for some of the decoys, uh, <laughs> but they got to see that it wasn't like, okay, we're sending the dog, the dog's gonna be outed in like 15, 30 seconds, and then it's over. It's like actually part of a combative thing. And I, I believe the same thought process should be applied to dogs. You know, like, you know, everyone thinks like, oh, hey, like a protection dog, it's, it's gonna be naturally there if it's a working dog. Or like, you know, everyone's like, oh, my dog's naturally gonna protect me and all this other stuff. It's the same thing as a civilian trying to fight somebody. Like, what your experience for us? You know, it's the same thing It has to be taught has to be trained and you have to go through all these different levels of it as well to get better and get proficient at it in reality well that makes me think of and mike you know you and i have talked about this this goes back to what i am pretty outspoken about when it comes to decoying even though oh i don't decoy anymore i have fuck anybody who says that i don't give a shit. i've paid my fucking dues like you're there, bro. Turn you're there. Guys, when you call decoy, is it like basically the person that getting jumped by the dog? Yep. Okay. I, I, I get that. Yep. I've we'll never right experience with it other than uh, when I met Mike. He taught me a lot of this stuff. Of course, he's trying to put me in one of those suits, and I keep refusing. I was like, "Fuck!" He's like, "It's only pressure." I'm like, "Fuck that!" Then he shows me a video of that dog jumping and hitting him and busting his eye bar. I'm like, "Nope." That dozer cut me up in the face. <laughs> <laughs> decoying essentially actually katie go ahead and explain it go ahead, you, you you give me a you're better at explaining things better i mean you're you're the sparring partner you know okay. and there's different, and there's different levels of decoying there's the trial decoy whose job is to win and steal points from the dog there's the training decoy whose job is to build the dog that is your sparring partner who needs to know how to that's the brown belt working with the blue belt helping him develop through various, you know, through pressure and knowing when to release and knowing when to go through all that, you know, that that's the de that's the training decoy is to be able to grasp all that, and 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 that brings me to you know what I was saying is, I, I find it difficult to understand how a decoy can effectively teach a dog and prepare a dog for real combat when they themselves have not been through the various levels of combat. And this brings us back to the word of the night, reality, you know, and, you know, I know myself, you know, I, I learned in the gym. I learned jujitsu in the gym with a rule set. And I went through my shaky phase and then I got over it and I became very comfortable, very comfortable, very quickly. And, you know, I was one of the smaller guys, 5'11", 145 pounds. Like I would, there wasn't any muscle on this body at all. It was bone, right? You know, so I learned how to take a beating and, and then I learned how to be calm in the beating and you start feeling yourself a little bit. 
and you start, you know, okay, I got this, you know? And, you know, for a while I was the guy when some new cocky big motherfucker would come in the gym, my instructor would be like, you roll with them because I'm very unimpressive looking. And then I would destroy them and that would humble them. Great. I feel good about myself. I, you know, I'm awesome. Like, this is great. And I remember even a couple of years, it was 2017. Finally, I did an IBJJF. Finally, after years of coming, coming back from my back injury. And I remember in preparation for that tournament. And for those that don't know, IBJJF is like the biggest show fight you can do with Eon. It's, it's, I mean, all the, I'm on a mat and right next to me is Keenan Cornelius. Mm-hmm. I'm standing in the urinal and there comes in one of the Meow brothers pissing right next to me. Like yeah, it's an experience. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Pro, in the camp for that fight, I was overweight. I was like way overweight, but whatever. I was doing 15 minute death rolls where for 15 minutes, those who don't know, every minute a new person comes in, you stay rolling, you stay sparring, but at 60 seconds, a fresh body comes in. I was hanging for 15 minutes. I felt like I got this. Then I get to the mat. It's tournament day. It's fight day. By the time I got onto the mat, my heart rate was at like 120 beats per minute. And within about the first 40 seconds, after about 40 seconds, my nose went numb. My, I could feel my face tingling. And I had lost my grip. My hands were white, were, were white, gone. I lost. I lost on points. And what happened? So what happened? 18 minutes of sparring, of enduring whatever. It ain't fucking real. Now, I'm not saying an IBJJF tournament is real violence. I'm saying it's the next level up yep. of an experience that had emotional context to it. Mm-hmm. I was not rolling with a bunch of guys at the gym. I was on the stage. I was in the big show. It meant a lot to me. Here's a stranger I don't know who's coming out to fucking kill me. The adrenaline, the emotion, I fucking gasped in a six-minute match when I had just done 15 and 18-minute death rolls. If you don't – we're not even talking about a real fight yet, guys. We're not talking about a parking lot. He's not going to kill me. There's a referee. If you don't know what that experience is like, how can you take a dog through the sparring? You're the same decoy every day. You're the guy building that dog, building that dog, building that dog. All the pressure you want. My sparring partners were catch wrestlers who were brown and black belts in jiu-jitsu. They beat the fuck out of me. Yeah. I froze on a mediocre opponent who I had higher technical ability than, and he beat me. So if you don't understand the levels of what emotion and experience plays in combat and how it impacts the body through hormonal activity, how can you take a dog off your trial field that he shows up every Thursday and Sunday for with the same guy and the same bites, and you wonder why he's going to fail on a brand new decoy, let alone a real fight against a home invasion, and that motherfucker's high on PCP and he ain't fucking scared of dogs. Yep. 
Dog, he reward no bites. <laughs> the exact same thing that humans go through. They know when it's real and they know when it's not. And if you don't prepare them strategically and incrementally through those phases, how can you expect them to perform? And how can you do that if you've never done it yourself? I'm going to take a drink now. That's my soapbox. So I completely, and like, this is obviously like, Katie, we talk about this all the time. And like something we hundred percent, I, I agree with you on. Uh, it's like, for example, like, you know, for obviously for people who maybe like don't know, like my, who I am, like, obviously like, I've, I've boxed professionally for a while. I fought mixed martial arts. I was in prison for, you know, you know, fighting and actually, you know, experiencing violence and all this other stuff. So like, I've, I've seen both those things, but, and like, that's like the clarity in which like we try to train our dogs in that's like be okay being not okay and also understand like you know when to like when it is time to like put it on and what those feelings feel like and be able to manipulate almost your own behavior yeah. as a decoy to like you know to show fear to show power to show aggression to show violence to show these things and to show the dog in a controlled way where you can actually reward the dog in those experiences and manipulate drives. And like you said, like, you know, like almost like hormones, like just how you express yourself. Cause I mean, like one of the first books I ever read was about like, you know, dogs communicate on like paralanguage, which was like, you know, the, the way that you express yourself, like an energy based thing. Mm -hmm. And I always thought about that. I was like, you know, if I, you know, when I walked into a ring, it would be like, all right, cool. I'm just going to be calm, you know, try to, create myself just a really calm you know thought process as i go into this uh i mean i even like you know going into a dog like working with the dog working with law enforcement so that to be calm but obviously be able to manipulate those and this is probably harder this is harder to describe for people who don't understand it but like you know how do you manipulate what's real and then what's not real and then teach the dog those things and then be able to like mark the positives Praza, obviously, like this is something like you know, not being a decoy and a dog trainer, like it's a little harder to understand. But like these no, are things that like you have to like kind of always transition through as a you know a decoy to teach the dog like, hey, like this is real life, like this is what can possibly happen, but also make it something that's progressional when mm. you're actually training the dog, and like that's like what I teach all my decoys. So when we go through it's hard it's hard to teach them if they don't understand it but i mean we we try to do we try to do our best and i put all my uh all my decoys through the stress test of seeing what they can deal with real pain and real violence and go from there well okay, okay. that brings me back to what i really wanted to talk to Bros about Yep. And, and this is with Prague. I love how conversations and dialogues do that. So I'm going to give you the the jujitsu. And, and if you haven't figured out already, I'm not a jujitsu fanboy. You know, I'm very objective. I chose it because it made the most sense for me. I have small hands. I wasn't going to be a striker. You know, let me grapple. It but is you deal with realistic shit because training dogs, I mean, just like, you know, I've known Mike and I've seen like literally – and not blowing smoke up his ass. I like Mike when the first time I met him, but when I walked in the facility, and do understand, I grew up in the Middle East. We had three German Shepherds, okay? So when I explained living in the Middle East, <laughs> different mind, <laughs> you know, I'm a, our three dogs, I've witnessed our three dogs eat up somebody. I mean, somebody jumped the fence, 
it got tore apart. It was a we death is kind of a thing there. I'm I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Shit happens. Different rules. Different set. So we had a dog trainer, and I remember watching him train him. So, but then let me differentiate. He comes to us and train him and train these dogs to kill. So that's one. But when I went, Mike, and I just saw the facility, I was just amazed, you know, just looking about the things to do. So, but I already grew up around watching how these dogs get trained and that reality base in it. So, I mean, that's why when, what he guys talking about, it makes sense. And it falls into part. That's why when you talk about, I didn't get into part of this, but I'm just going to, no, but what do you do? You already have that common sense, I call it. It's not common sense, but for us people that deal, yeah. You well, you know, there are the people point. who are like the fanboys who are like, well, jujitsu is everything. I, no, it is what it is. So here's yeah. my perspective, my limited sure. perspective on Krav based on the people I've interacted with. Oh, go ahead. Don't, and, and by the way, don't worry about my feelings being hurt because I'm going to give you stories. You're going to beam up to here <laughs> of a smiling. Well, I'll tell you my introduction to Krav and how I wiped the fuck out of a bunch of them, but let's go. <laughs> from... It's always been, we'll just kick him in the nuts. And everything is kicking the nuts. And I, I went to a crop school when I was picking what I was going to do after I got, I lost that fight. I went to a combat hop keto school, combat hop keto, whatever. Um, and then I went to a crop school and then I went to the jujitsu school and I stuck with jujitsu. But what I got from crop was a lot of I don't want to say fake violence, but it was marketed as the closest to violence you can get, which is why scenario it's scenario shit. It's yeah. fake scenario shit. If he grabs and, you here, you do here, and yeah. And what I my issue was, and why I stuck with jujitsu, was you will perform in a real situation as close to what you train as. And what I liked about jujitsu was it allowed us to train these moves at a very high intensity and there wasn't any choreography like hey let's let's roll like let's go and you always had the tap to prevent injury and yep. then when i looked at krav i was like well there's an intent like how do i practice eye gouges how do i practice these fatal deadly moves without killing my fucking sparring partner. Okay. Therefore, if I don't get to practice them at a high enough intensity, how can I expect to do it in the real world when it's intense? Yeah. And help me out with that because I know you're, I already know in the hour we've been together, you're not the guy that I've met at the other Krav schools. So you're the perfect person to help me out with this understanding of this, yeah. how, the intensity of training versus the lethal moves and help me yeah all right let me give you a background how i got introduced to it which you guys as fighters and grapplers will appreciate um so i've heard do you understand i come in from judo and it's judo jiu-jitsu back then when we did it so a lot of this um when i learned bodyguarding i learned it in england um i was living in england by the time and i went there and do understand judo no matter what, and it bothers me personally. Um, Mike watches a lot of my video and he sees the throws that I show and sacrifice throws. I'm so comfortable with it. I'm doing it since eight years old. Like people's like, how the fuck you sacrifice yourself for a throw, you know? But it comes natural when you train it young. You're gonna, if I'm gonna get a 40 year old to do it, I'm like, oh, no, no, just don't do it. <laughs> so um, I am very comfortable as I'm growing up by throwing someone on their head without me risking my body, how it goes. 
Does that mean I can get a 40-year-old woman to do it? You got to weigh in, okay? So I come from that background. Um, the only combat I got into was not MMA. It was Muay Thai. And the Muay Thai, when I learned it, it was also the mix of the Muay Thai where I grab somebody's leg, I'm dropping my elbow on their knee. Not the Muay Thai we have it here. You see what I see? How, how, the difference of the intent. So this that is blocked. This is parry. This is slip. <laughs> so the difference that was built in me was intent of injuring, disabling someone. Um, growing up, I got to differentiate a little bit this, but do understand the background I came from and the country I was living. So fast forward when uh, my introduction to Krav, I was a big fucking sucker nerd for Boss Rudin. I don't care what people say to him. How that, can you not be? That guy's fucking cool. Right? Like, exactly. How can you be in the fight business and not love boss? Yeah. So I see him. He's doing this bing, bing, bing stuff. And he's bing, like, bing, bing. <laughs> he's like, bing and bang. I'm like, so came an opportunity. He was coming to town here. When I moved here, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to go see him. But he came in to do a craft seminar. So already I'm in like, Fuck these craft guys. This is me. I, I hated it because all these balls are sitting. I'm like, really? Met him and just saw him because he he's in, in craft. He is one of the people that legitimized it in the beginning as a, a fighter. He mainstreamed it. Yep. Thanks, Mike. He did it. <laughs> yeah, he mainstreamed it. So that. I was watching my idol hitting a fucking kick pad and cotton coming out of it. Just stuffing coming. I'm like sitting there eating it. So I saw that. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm kind of sold on it. Not sold on it. I'm there for boss. Fuck all y'all. Down the road, I heard about this crop thing, and there's a big seminar. Get certified. If you have these backgrounds, we get you in. So I went the old school way, which is called uh, the cleaner. You walk in, 100 people walking in. They get these guys that have background in being police, military shit. And hundreds apply, KKD, karate, and all this, and they do the first wipeout. I was in back then in shape, and literally they do the fucking worst warm-up on earth that lasts like four hours almost. And people just pass. If you don't pass that, you don't get into the instructional work. Okay. So I got into it, passed that out, smoked people. Rumor went out. I was already a wrestler and a grappler back then and started just doing a little bit of jujitsu before I went to Brazil. And that's where I met my uh, my master first and got into the gi. I'm a no-gi guy, wrestler. You put a gi on me, you just press all the fuck out of me back then. And I never believed in it. Other than when I did my judo, because in England, we use the jacket. It's a, a cold country. So that's when the gi made sense. But we were gis on shorts, almost like sambo, because mm -hmm. we had to affect it on pants. It wasn't, I'm going to grab. So it was a different mentality. So I went to this crowd uh, place and I felt I was a target because I'm the grappler. Did their third fucking degree. And you're going to love this, uh, KD, because you, you talk about the hits and the balls. This dude was sparring moments came. I fucking hit him, went in, shoot, got his back. I'm trying to arrange this motherfucker hammer fist my fucking groin like 15, 20 times. I didn't stop. I'm like, all right. Like, Bing, bing, bing. And he's their second degree Krav Maga black belt. I'm like, all right, motherfucker. I just put him to sleep. Put him out. Landon pushed him off and kind of looked around and just kind of adjusted my fucking shit. And I'm like, God damn, asshole. It hurts later. 
But here we go. It wasn't a fight stopper, by the way. That's their second degree black belt Krav Maga wushu guy. So they kicked me out. <laughs> they said, this guy's not right for this shit discussion. I'll be a teacher. I'm like, I just put one of your fucking guys to sleep. <laughs> I could have killed him if I wanted to. If I didn't let go, I would have just done. Yeah. I, mean, I look at the mentality when I learned to tapping, I got killed. That's the mentality I came from. I tapped on Amber, my arm got snapped. I tapped that choke, this dude killed me. That was my mentality. That's how I do it. So I'm gonna why I'm getting to this, I'm telling you why my crop is different. So this dude walked in, watched me, and I attended one of his seminars. Looked like a seven-foot giant. Um, I think Mike, you've seen my coach, what I always post about him, Nick Hughes. Yeah, <laughs> big giant Australian, uh, French foreign legionnaire. He was on the show. If you go Google Spike TV, the deadliest warrior, he was on it, representing the French Foreign Legion. He came to me and hummed words in Arabic. I looked at him and was like, the fuck, who are you? You know? So he introduced himself, and he was a bodyguard, and he was also a bodyguard for the Laurel family. He knows how to speak Arabic, and me and him sparked an interest. He knew already I was disgusted by this shit. And he's like, I'm going to show you combatives and what Kravis really is. Krav Maga is a contact combat. It's combatives, unarmed military combatives before people make up this whole shit, which got classified here as Krav, whatever. Come from Israel. I got Israeli friends that do it, but it got really milked in America. So anyway, all right, all right. met with him and started watching his training. I'm like, then I find out he was black belt in Japanese jiu-jitsu. Black belt in judo. So he knew how to communicate with me and it sparked an interest. So I went under his wing, even though I was working for that uh, or other organization because they needed a grappler and a kickboxer back in the day for to work with their crop guys. And I used to wipe them the fuck out. So um, anytime I notice I take one of the crop guys to the floor, they're fucked. They're done. Like they have no idea how to fight a grab. Don't get me wrong. Their basic shit might help somebody survive. I'm talking pre-UFC era. When I jumped in the scene and I started getting a little bit famous here, and a lot of quoted me, I do believe, and I've said it back in 2010. I said, we live in a UFC era right now. Any dumb fuck out there want to put a, a rear naked choke on you or some choke. Even if they don't do it correctly, a civilian is going to get choked out. What is a choke? It's a strangle. I mean, you don't have to grab them this way. An arm around here, yank it hard. What's going to happen? Let's let's be honest. You get a young buck, watch UFC fights, get his arm around a lady. What do you think is going to happen to her? Yeah, let's see. So, right, so slip that, snap the neck, even if they put her in a shitty headlock. You can snap. It's, it's easy to do that. So I started watching that, and I started paying attention, and I seen what they lacked. They never prepped, which I got from my uh, Muay Thai grappling catch, the fucking putting people pressure testing. Don't get me wrong, Krav has amazing art when it comes to disarms and all that. But all when the weapon, the weapon work, the knife work, the gun work. Yep, yep. But they have also done a dumb shit that never evolved. So when I got in with my coach, he also gave me the freedom and respect. He was not the egotistical. That guy has like a list of a put rope books and how, and I'm blessed. Honestly, what succeeded me, I'm blessed with no ego mentors. For my grappling, for my dad, mentors that have done it and don't have. And my mentor, Nick Hughes, 
was always believed in me see the way, but also watch him as he teaches me certain things of his mind when it comes to combatives, you know? So I started watching, I pay attention, and I'm comparing it to my real life scenario, and I'm paying attention. I'm like, man, people go for takedowns. But it, the fight scene has changed. And this is when you go talk about they think, boom, hit a guy in the balls. Now I'm going to teach you, so I'll say something, I'll teach you guys. Do you know when you really, and I tell this to my students, when I do an intro, basic intro for Krav Maga, and I tell them, do you know when you can really injure a man in the balls? Only two, two uh, situations. If they are not expecting it, fully relaxed, and usually, I mean, remember us in high school, one guy goes in and boom, hits you in the nuts, and you're like, motherfucking, you bend over and it hurts. Or if he's aroused, a rape scenario, and you hit a dude in it, they'll get their balls in. But if me and you are in a fight, you're not going to hurt me. You're not going to hurt me. I, I, and I will me. second that. Uh, I did a pancreation uh, fight, oh. shit, and the dude need me in the balls. And usually, and this is obviously on drinks and dogs, so this to be amazing. Usually when that happens, I got to go take a shit. So I didn't, I didn't have to shake it out. Sat, sat, sat there real quickly. And there's probably a YouTube video of this somewhere where I was mm -hmm. just like, God damn it. But I didn't in San Francisco. Dude, need me in the balls. Completely fine. Thank you, Ken, uh, Kyle Van Thanrop for hitting me in the balls and proving this point for this episode of drinks and dogs. Go ahead. And <laughs> I, when I train the women, I even warn them, do not go fucking kick a dude immediately in the balls if that's going to be, if it's already, there's a confrontation, you're going to take him from level 10 rage to 1,000. He will fucking kill you. I warn him. We teach it, but it is not the end all of fights. And I'm going to go back to KD. This is really my answer to it. It is not. And I'm going to tell you. If you go ask any doctor anything, you're not going to injure someone in the groin only in these two situations. If they're fully aroused or unexpected, just standing there and you just go, boom, hit them. But you've seen it in the UFC fights that come in and they shake their pants and sit down for a minute or that. The fight's not done, man. The fight's not done. And they live in this philosophy, hit the guy in the balls or he grabs you like this. And No. <laughs> it's not realistic. And the problem is, also, you face with these, and I, I think KD might understand this when he sees. If you look at the list of these uh, instructors that are out there, and what Krav made its fame, it became a salesman pitch. And they say is, you got a karate background, <laughs> taekwondo background, blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> We're coming certify in two in a weekend. Pay fifteen hundred dollars. You're a certified instructor under our fucking affiliation. They took this from the CrossFit module, by the way. If anybody understands how those, same yeah. thing. Think about the CrossFit injuries. Let's be honest. I mean, people are going to get pissed off. Fuck it up. Necks, shoulders, back. I got one of our jiu-jitsu instructors. He just uh, became a black belt about a couple months ago. 20 years he's been a, um, um, a personal trainer. He's also been in Krav Muay Thai. He did pink Korean fighters, so he understands that. You should see the list of people he writes now about the injuries of CrossFit. Look at the fucking trainers. You pay a fee. You get certified. Suddenly you're a fucking trainer. These are the same people that you give your life under to teach you also self-defense. Sounds like dog training in 2020. <laughs> Holy shit, guys. Is that what's going on with you guys too? Oh, it's been going on, brother. It's been going on. Like I said, I'm new to it, but I'm surprised. That's fucked up. That's really fucked up.
Oh, it's so been going on, dude. I'm sorry. My fat bulldog is going to be a... They expect my fat bulldog to be an attack dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 been it's been... It's, it's been there for a long, long, long time. Um, you know, as far as, like, you know, what we've experienced. But, uh, I mean, like, basically, I mean, when it comes to, like, you know, when it comes to, like, self-defense and when it comes to actually, like, working with, like, a person, like, and going in through it, like, this is the whole thing, like, what we've, you know, we, what we've been talking about, essentially, is, like, when you're in that moment and you're in that fight, like, you know, you, uh, Froz, you mentioned this, too, like, when you have one of your apprentices, you know, when they're in that, they freeze in that second, like, where they're just, like, okay, we're here. Same thing can happen with dogs. Mm. And then, you know, KD, like, you know, you've, you know, learning from one of the OGs, like, what happens when that happens? You know, like, people get hurt, stuff, that happens. You know, you have to be able to be in, in, the, in, the, in the fight, essentially. And this is another thing, too, like, you know, obviously, like, for like, you know, this is more of a dog training question, but, like, people talk about fight drive. Or, and they mention this quite a bit, and everyone always kind of devalues. I don't. It's not a drive that's natural, and I feel like it's not. Drive I'm sorry, Mike. Can you when you say fight drive, what what they're talking about? Sorry, I mean so, there's a lot of words out there, and I'm not being really ignorant about it. I just I, I want to understand what does that mean. So even in dog training, you know, okay. fight drive is not necessarily a thing. You know, there's prey drive, there's a, a defensive drive that you we, we work as helpers and handlers and decoys and all the stuff like that we're doing in front of the dog. For me, and this is just something I've classified myself and out of kid, you might have the same thing. Fight drive for me is like after two minutes on the bite and I'm fighting with the dog, how much do they want to stay in that? Like how much do they want to accomplish the goal of disabling me? So for me, that's a drive that you know, obviously it's not a real, I mean, it's not a real thing per se, but it's something that we're working through. So it's like, mm. you know, for, you know, when we're in the ring, for example, you know, let's say boxing, if I'm boxing for somebody for 12 rounds and, you know, I'm getting my ass for six or something like that, or, and, or, you know, three or whatever, you know, it's that consistency, it's that thought process that I'm not going to lose. Like I'm, I have to fight through it. Like I have to get this. I have to win that. It's that, it's that built drive. I guess that would be, or what I would classify that as. Uh, let, let, may I go for it, Froz? Think of that guy who comes into the gym who doesn't know anything. He he, he doesn't have any skills. You get him in the ring. You smack him around a little bit, and you see him smirk. He doesn't know anything. He's losing. He's out skilled, but every time you hit him, he fucking smirks a little bit. Yeah, that mentally fucks you. That's fight drive. That's the guy who every time you hit him, he gets more aroused. He he can't win because you 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 out skilled him. But he's every time you put that pressure on him, every time you escalate, he brings something back. He brings he he doesn't know what he's doing. But he actually smiles in the fight. You guys even floor. see that in, in dogs when you guys train them? You will have a dog just like that? Oh, yeah. Another uniform. But, yeah. And, and That's the what thing. talking about fight drive. The Do we call that primal? Is that a primal instinct? What do you guys think? 
I think it's a genetic response to just how the dogs are just like inclined, inclined. Like for me, like I build it and a lot of dogs, like, you know, it's just something we built to defend, like just, just kind of manipulating drives and like just working them through like the hard points and making sure they go from there. Like, you know, I'll, yep. I'll put a dog in a, on a bite and I'll just, I'll wait there for a little bit, work them a little bit, go from there. And then you get the dogs who just don't give a shit. Like Mitt Frost, like the one when I slit my face open, um, you know, like those are like that <laughs> was all, that Aussie. was already like, that, that dog already. Ha- I, I didn't mean to create any of that because that dog was already a psychopath. But like you know, like the you know the other ones, like you know, you build it into them. But like you know, what Katie said, it's just those are the unicorns. Sometimes you know, those are the ones that you you see and you're like, damn, like that's there. But I I feel like a lot of it, and like Katie, like you know, be on the dog training side, like you can see how it can be built by manipulating drives, fighting with them, rewarding certain things, building, you know, incrementally on the pressure and building that fight drive. But also- I disagree with you. What'd you say, Kitty? I disagree with you. Finally, finally, we have a disagreement. It happened. It finally happened. I disagree with you. You don't understand, Frost. Like, this guy and I, like, every time we talk, it's a fucking validation conversation. <laughs> Literally, we jerk <laughs> each other off the whole entire like, time. <laughs> I'm so excited to finally disagree with Mike Jones. Like, this is epic. <laughs> awesome. Let's have it. I don't That's think smart. you can build. I don't believe. My current position is you can't build fight drive. It's what you're building is something else. You're building resilience. Okay. You're building the desire. You're See, now we fucking agree again. I quit. <laughs> Steve, this is fucking end end of episode. Now I fucking now I, now we agree with each other. This is over. All right. I feel like we just had like a certain like part where we're like, oh, it doesn't. You Man, know, we like did something new in the country. You disagreed and agreed. Hey, that's what fucking Kel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, about to, we're about to get in some other political. Uh, uh, Katie, I'm sorry for interrupting, Go ahead, just go ahead. Sorry, what we were saying. <laughs> Katie Matthews, my friends, go ahead. I drive. They either have it or they don't. And I go back to the analogy of the guy, the inexperienced guy who walks in the gym and gets smacked around. He's losing, but he's smiling because he enjoy- There's something in him where he's like, "Oh, motherfucker, you hit me." I know I can't beat you, but fuck you. I'm going to swing back. Yeah, That is an, I believe that is an inherent genetic trait that's either there or not. I believe what you're discussing, what you're referencing as far as building is you can build a tolerance to pain. You can build a tolerance to pressure and you can build that through teaching them how to overcome it. That's not fight drive. That's teaching skills, that's teaching tolerance, that's teaching strategies on how to deal with something that previously you were uncomfortable with that is completely different than an inherent genetic trait that says, yeah, fuck you back. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is who they are and they, and they have varying degrees of it, but you, and you work with that, but you don't build that. What you're actually building is something completely separate. You're not building fight drive. You're building how they deal with their emotions, how they deal with the violence, how they deal with blah, 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 blah. My current position, always open to change it. 
Yep. You know, yeah, I, um, I, I think that's my people too. I think like that's something that obviously like, you know, we all have different terminologies and different perspectives and things that we do. And like, I feel like that's something that, you know, I a hundred percent agree with the fact that like some people are just built and some dogs are just built to just, Oh, like that's fun. Like, you know, my, my buddy in Ireland who, uh, you know, Graham O'Reilly, Ireland canine, like, you know, he, he's an extreme, he's Pete Somers old school, like, you know, cane PB lions, like they want the dog to be just be gnarly as shit with the handler, with the decoy, with all this stuff. And it's just some form of like, even the dogs I get with from him, like they're just, there's just so much like, it's, it's there's fight in there. And like, you know, people hate the fucking, like, you know, especially in dog training, people hate fight drive and all stuff like this. That's prayer defense or blah, 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 whatever it may be. But there's just that little, like, like you say, Katie, like smack him in the face. They're just like, hey, that was arousing like <laughs> like that was i was there and that's the same thing with people i mean like there's a certain level of like <clears throat> you, once you get into that pressure point yeah it just makes them just go harder and like that's like i i 100 again we 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 agreed we disagreed for like we had a moment. five seconds we had, a moment. we had one moment but then we it also came back that i feel like there was just a verbal <laughs> miscommunication <laughs> But like that's the same thing with dogs. Like you know, with with us, we build we build the resilience with them. And like even so, like Katie, let's even talk about this. Like the let's let's involve the handler. If I'm fighting with the dog and I pin a handler down on the floor, the response to that, what the what the handler does, how they are protective of their dog, as well as fighting for themselves. So like that's a concept that a lot of people don't talk about, and it's not actually online at all, which is surprising to me. Um, only reason why I don't post is because I don't want to get in more trouble in my own county <laughs> with, with fighting with people like that. But I mean, that's a big thing, you know. I mean, think about the, you know, the the way that people, the energy that people feel. Yeah. Like if if a dog's on me, or you know, your dog's on me, and I'm fighting you, and what what's that response like? How like what would you classify that as, Katie? I, I don't know how to. Uh... To me now, I, I don't know how to classify it, but I start talking about or thinking about bonding. Like that's part of the, the pack mentality. That's part of, you know, the, the idea of truly building a camaraderie, a bond between a team. And it's just, it's, it's no different in humans than it is with the human and the dog. You can have somebody, and I use this example when I talk about bonding and trust with my students, my pet client students. I'm like, okay, for the last 10 years, every Monday night, you went to the bar and you watch Monday night football. I mean, I don't do that. I don't worship the accomplishments of men who don't care about me, but some people do. Um, you know, and so you know, was like, like, dig, like, it was like, <laughs> um, every Monday night, you go watch Monday Night Football, and there's this guy who's there every for the past 10 years. You buy him a beer, he buys you a beer. You guys are friends. And then on one night, some young bucks come in, and they decide to start some shit. Needless to say, you get involved. Mm -hmm. Some other guy who you've never met before sees you outnumbered three to one, and he jumps in there with you. And you both get the shit kicked out of you because it's now it's three to two. You still fucking lose. But like, you're better friends with that guy than the guy who's been buying you beers and and talking bro stories with you for ten years. Why? Oh, because you went through some shit together, and he had your fucking back. And 
when I had my first experience with this with the OG, and you know, I had a Malinois who I was just my first real Malinois, my first adult who I wasn't getting bit by. Well, at least not intentionally. Like I was actually supposed to be his handler. Um, and we had just become kind of friends and we did some bite work with you know who, and I send the dog and he's looking at me while the dog's hanging on. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, your dog's in a fight. What are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? And then he comes up and hits me and grabs me. He's like, fucking fight me back. So now I jump in and I start fucking hitting him. The dog's biting him. After that, the dog who, the dog who would tolerate me, who would accept me, was suddenly in between my legs, searching for affection, rolling over, like suddenly. Man, that's a fucking amazing. Best Man. friend after one fight or him, I backed him up and I engaged in the fight with him. And suddenly he's like, oh. Now we're best friends. We're best friends now. <laughs> so when you talk about in involving handlers, you know, dogs are, again, I tell my pet students, how do you spell dog? You spell dog, highly social, opportunistic, predator, scavenger. Highly social means they understand the concept of in-groups and out-groups. They understand tribal mentality. They understand social hierarchy. And they understand home team and away team. Yeah. They get it. And they understand that concept. That's why you can, you can run one dog. But you ever notice that dog who's a cur in your neighborhood acts a whole lot different when there's another dog next to him? And now you've got two dogs that are taking shots at you and suddenly their arousal and their aggression levels rise. Mm. How many horrible situations in, in our society where people have been severely injured by dogs? It wasn't always one dog. It was two dogs. Because when they are together, they understand that they are together. And it increases their confidence level because they're social creatures and that's valuable to them. So why is it that, how is it that people can recognize that two dogs together feel, feel stronger, but when we get into police canine, where they're supposed to be a team and the handlers are dumbfounded when you like ask them to get involved. So in the let's, before Katie proceeds on this, let's emphasize team. <laughs> supposed to be a team together handling something because that's a problem that I've been dealing with this last week and I'm pretty sure these people are still on here so Katie go ahead and go off, <laughs> go off on that one there the dogs get it they get it n just as much if not more than we get it because we are plagued by all kinds of social and cultural obstacles um, things, barriers to accepting the reality of nature. Dogs don't have that curse. They see it as even, they see it clearer that you're with me? Cool. And then after that, oh, I can, I mean, I can only speak from my own experience. Here's a dog who barely tolerated me. Suddenly after one session of bite work was hyper affectionate. Like, what happened? I backed his ass up in a fight. Yeah. You're, 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 big, uh, you're your dog's biggest advocate. 
you know, you you're there to protect as well as they are too. the same thing. So that's the same thing you said. You're you're right there. That's your partner. It's your team member. It's who you're with. It's what you're who you're doing things with. You go through the violence together. You see what being uncomfortable is with together. You get through it. You fight with them and then you you're in the fight. Obviously, there's different levels and all this other stuff that comes through it. Like if you're watching this and your dog's basically on a, a pillow, like don't start fighting your decoy and all this other, all this other stuff. But, but have, excuse me, there's a time and a place for it, and like that's that's a big thing too for us. Like when we talked about like bringing you down in here is, you know, it's it's teaching people how to react to the yep. uh, high level stress situations um and do it properly i mean like there's white there's videos that uh, we posted where you know we're using jujitsu we're using certain things to help the dog help the person yeah uh, move out of the way. Amazed when you did that i was like wow man i mean to be honest with you um i did a shock moment to my students well have you seen the video because um um, um I got a deal what I'm doing for effective self-defense, which is part of BJJ Fanatic. Every Wednesday, I kind of put a post about it. But did you see the video I did one of my assistants with? These guys that fight the choke, he's like, a man grab me by your throat, you pluck it. And I was like, that's not going to work. And I grabbed my assistant, put one of our women to the wall, and she fucking tapped on when he just choked the fuck out of her. Oh, I didn't see that. Here in the oh, okay. <laughs> I'll send it to you right now to your Instagram to look at it. I'm, I'm, and by the way, video, we have a full-on team real quick for us. Yes, I need you guys on uh, PCU to check out. There you go. There you check yep. you on the side. So I'll send, let's you, get I'll that send link. it to them right now to the PCU Instagram. And they'll Literally, post it on the side so you can see it. Yeah. Um, I'll shoot it to the PCU. They can post it there or something. Yeah, so. they're posting it right now on the side. So we have a side okay. thing. That be yeah, doing it's on my Instagram, my personal Instagram. But I'll, fi I'll find it right now. So anyway, I did a video. My black belt assistant and also one of my first women black belts. He grabbed her, like, full on, grabbed her by the throat, banged her hell out of her in the wall. She tapped in seconds. So in crowd, they got this weird theory, and I think KD is seeing this. A man grabs your throat, you pluck, boom, kick him in the balls. So I debugged that by a real-life um, um, stress um, inoculation kind of thing. I'm going to send you guys right now the video, and you see how it shot. I mean, it, it went viral, and... I didn't do that in intention to debunk. Uh, I mean, yeah, I can't deny that. But I just want to, the thing is, I got high ethics when it comes to training. And like I tell my students, when I was a combative instructor in uh, Fort Leavenworth, I did a um, um, training the guys in Leavenworth. And people need to understand, uh, Leavenworth, that's military prison. I am training military folks to <laughs> inmates that are military. So you're dealing with another person that can kill the fuck out of you too. And that training, when we used to go in, um, 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 bless him, Carl Bob Willis, like one of my favorite fucking bosses I ever had in my life, um, walked in and uh, and he would tell me, he's like five in the fucking morning, he's like, murder him. I look at him, I'm like, all right. His objective, he wants people puking and shit. But, but the, the thing is, I did a knife seminar um, last week. It was my first seminar in 2020. And everybody was just like, like their faces. Like I showed them what a knife can do. Like literally how nobody even understood. I was like, if I disarm somebody, I got their back, how I fucking stabbed him in his asshole and just went to his ball sack. And everybody was like, Ooh, it's like, guys, stabbing <laughs> has its own world. And I yep. laugh and KD would tell me right now, 
They got this club where somebody comes in with a psycho wife. Stop. Stop it. Punch him. <laughs> it's the old and looking color episode with Jim Carrey. I don't know if you guys remember that. No, 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 come at me like this. And then the woman goes like, he's like, no, 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 come at me like this. And then he kicks her ass. Katie, you got to check my fa uh, my Instagram. I posted, everybody walked out of cinema. Like, when I do my seminars, people walk welted. Like, Mike sees the piss shit I, I post. They That's why it's Frosmaga, not Kravmaga. Yeah, I call And <laughs> why I do it that way, it's not about being a hard ass, man. You know, these people coming and paying money. And knife, I'll I, I tell you right now, firearms, scary as fuck. But here's two things. Either the dude's going to walk from the door and just blast us. We're dead. Nothing we're going to do. Now, I don't give a fuck what belts you got, whatever shit. Or if it was on my face threatening, if I'm able to disarm it, disarm it. Dude, but a fucking knife, <laughs> where it's going, it's cutting. There's a nine, a nine or 13-year-old, I can't remember, that killed, the fucking killed three adults. With a kitchen knife. A kitchen knife. Yeah. <laughs> and then again, it. there's a story you get this guy. I saw a video and it's horrific. If you ever Google knife attacks, you know, the human body is amazing in a way. It just depends. I don't know. Some people don't die. Some people die. This inmate survived. No, not survived. After 85 shanks died. You're talking about his whole head. Got, I mean, I was watching the video. The dude is running and just getting stabbed the entire time. And I'm like, Ugh. you know. It's just, it, it, there's a, I do believe there's the willingness of survival. It's Absolutely. in people. When they want to survive, it just goes. But there's a limit, of course, where the body are like, all right, fuck, I'm done. You know? And there's people like, and when I teach my classes, especially the women classes, I get guys grabbing by the throat nasty and say, cunt, bitch. And I tell them in the beginning, this is not to get anybody a heart on. This is what show you what violence is. Honestly, God, guys, and Mike... Uh, about you guys that any have bouncing uh, background and that you'll understand this. I have seen people freeze from a yep. dude that just verbally rape him. And they just freeze and the beating follows. And I, I do that in my classes. Like they will call bitch. I have no PC because this is violence. Again, when I go to KD, when he's talking about violence, you're like, I see people, one, two, and then if they grab here, you're going to, man, the fighting is so retarded in a way. Like, you get these guys with the wild hand. I've seen the best of the best get dropped from Wi-Fi. I'd rather face someone that has no the one, two, because, all right, all right, you know, he got something, and me and him going to go this. This wild hitter is the worst. It's like a wild card. And I've seen legitly people get dropped by the dumbest hit, and they got dropped. Yep. And literally, you want to explain to Sally that lives in the suburbs <laughs> that drives a soccer van and you're putting it in a craft class while, in a weekend and you're not putting her to the trenches. You think she's going to survive this shit? You have to be honest with it. And I, I remember when uh, when my coach, we went to this. I'm not going to bring the guy's name so he doesn't get a little bit triggered and go after us. <laughs> but I remember we went into this big fucking uh, martial arts academy thing and uh, talking about certifying people, and we said to them about the training we do, and they said, you guys are going to bankrupt. I was like, excuse me? And my coach looked at him and was like, why? He's like, your theory of training will never make you money. And we said, we rather have 620 people that can fucking hang people like puppets and lie into the fucking community. And did. if you want to do self-defense, you can't lie. And I'm not saying beat the shit out of people, but I literally told some of them, 
if you go outside and you go against a trained person, let's say one of my students, because we have cross training in my academy. I got jujitsu, I got Muay Thai, I got MMA, and I push them. When they start getting higher rank, I was like, go, go, start training with them. Go into, you have to do this. I have some students that said, when shit hit the fan, get out. Because if you go against somebody that trained and been in the ring, he'll fuck you up. And I'm flat. I'm being honest with them. I don't give a shit. I, I'll tell them. You get that person that got licked a couple of times in the face. I'm sorry. The regular John Doe that just trains one, two, three here is not going to stand a chance. And I will stand by this. Yeah, I'll stand. I'll, if you're going to pull a blade, a gun, or that, that's a whole different story once I get involved. And it's the same with jujitsu people. And I said that a white belt, eh, a legit blue belt can murder someone, a regular person in the street. Do we disagree? No, I would say legit, legit jujitsu blue belt can kill somebody outside if they want to. If somebody, if he knows how to fucking duck or okay, because some of the jujitsu guys need to know how to tick, you don't worry about him. But here comes when KD was talking about why he liked jujitsu because of the fucking pressure training. That, that 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 pressure at the end and this is why and i'm not patting just myself maybe there's others out there but the program that i developed and even when and my i specialize more now when i did the video with bjj fanatic about combat um that i did the krav maga for streets um uh, a close encounter for the ground and i tell him if you survive the first jaw dropping and the monkey thing we go through and a punch you're gonna go to the ground you will, you will, excuse me, the dog's going off again. Hey, so you will go to the ground and it's not going to get fun. And here's where I have my issue, Katie. And I think you will, we will understand because you said you're an alert. And of course, uh, uh, Mike, the ground itself, it is not a one on one thing. We here's the problem with the ground <laughs> we've got blades. I've saw a video, I am not a fan of arm bars, by the way. Not a fan streetwise, okay? It's a low percentage move. Thank you. First of all, I'm too connected with the person. I saw a video in Australia. The dude called him in an armbar. Perfect armbar. Man, that dude pulled. He stomped the dude's face as he's been in a standing armbar. Got a blade and just gutted him. That's why I'm not a fan of certain things when it comes to that. That's why when I teach my grappling for the street, total different animal out of that. You got blades, guns, and then you got the buddies. Have you seen a fight that just ended up by one-on-one -on -one these days? Here we go. You answered that question with your facial expression. This is where now the sports lacks. And some of the self-defense mentality with the, where we live in. Especially now. Come on, guys. Look at the news. You know, I'm not getting political. I'm, not getting, I'm just talking about winding up at the wrong place at the wrong time. It's not one-on-one. -on -one. Never be with one on one, and you're not gonna be the Bruce Lee. You're gonna knock down twenty people, bro. Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> get the fuck out of there. Look at well, what this is. This is where, as I got older, much older, I, you know who I went back to in my quest for knowledge and when I'm YouTubing, and I finally appreciate him when I didn't appreciate him years ago. Hickson. Uh, oh, I love Hickson. His his reality based. Oh, you kind of go through this thing. You get into jujitsu. You saw Hickson in the UFC. You didn't know who he yeah. was. He's a badass. So you signed up at a UFC at a at a at a jiu-jitsu school. You got into 
jujitsu. You started learning flying arm bars and barambolos and, and lasso guard and, and barambolo, which is guard. also if you're if you're into real real combat, if you do a barambolo in real combat, yeah. So, so sorry, Katie. Sorry for interrupting you. Go through that. <laughs> get out of that one. You realize that it's all horse shit, and it will get you killed in the fucking street. And then you stumble upon something from Hickson that you haven't watched in 10 years. And it means something different now that you're older. If you watch Hickson, do, I watched a seminar where he, he had a purple belt stand up. He goes, purple belt, you know, stand up. And he goes, I just want you to hold your ground. Just stand, just, just stand. And he goes up to that purple belt. He pokes him. And the guy, stand. He goes, no, 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 don't move. Don't move. Get your base, and he goes, oh. <laughs> and the guy's like all over it. And he goes, okay, sit down. He goes, guys, this guy is great. Thank you for coming up. He's a purple belt. Do you realize that jujitsu is a book this big, and all you know is a chapter? Because you can't even stand up while someone is touching you because you learned sport jujitsu. You learned this takedown. Uh -huh. You learned this. You can't even stand while I push you. you. You're not your feet. The soles of your feet are not into the ground. That is jujitsu. That is what my father taught. Blah, 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 blah. And he goes, and it's, you guys know this chapter. Yeah. I was like, mind blown. Like, oh, my gosh, I need to go back to my roots. I need to go, you know, learn the... Hickson isn't into arm bars. What did Hickson always do? Choke. Choke, 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 That's why I don't even know which one it is. It's this one. That's why the guillotine's there. Uh-huh. Yep. There we go. That's my favorite. Yeah, they're a dog. Mine's cooler than yours, dude. Here, here's the thing. It I, is much cooler. Way cooler, bro. I teach my self-defense when it comes to crowd. I teach a lot of chokes. I, of course, a neck uh, cranks especially. Especially teaching how to really snap it if you want to. But I teach them also the legal ramification. Because um, a lot of people forget. Um, you're not going to walk in and just go, Boom, hit somebody on the elbow. I won the fight. I was like, oh, it's coming back to haunt you. You got to be careful. And this is where they forget. And especially also, and I'm not against uh, uh, guns on any of this, but a lot of people think I'm going to buy an AR and wave it. In Missouri, the state I live in, we got these two idiots that pull their guns and start waving at everybody. Look at the diamonds they're going through. Look at the hell they're going through. I have a podcast with my partner. My partner went online. I said, these guys are fucked. And everybody jumped him. He was right. And a lot of people don't understand not all you think I'm going to pull my fucking gun and get out of the situation or I'm going to knock someone out just because he got in my face. It's going to, um, I'm going to be cleared. And I'll give you an example. I just saw this this week and working at the bars again. Two guys got into it. Um, I grabbed one of them, socked them out, throw them out. <clears throat> I got out. Suddenly, cops everywhere. Um, the area went and got cameras everywhere. And the cameras start talking to me. You, you roughed him. I was like, I threw him out. I got cameras inside of what he did. He's like, all right, just hold on here. So when I threw him out, he got into somebody's face. All he did, he got into somebody and, and did this. Shove. They booked him in front of him. And I looked at him. I was like, oh, what just happened? He assaulted him. I'm like, ooh. Not a lot of people teach that. And this is when I'm just talking about self-defense. 
laying your hand on someone, even like this shoving and shit, it depends on the police. Man, they, you, they'll book you and they can uh, pull that on you. Then That's you have actually to how it ended up in prison. Huh? That's actually how it ended up in prison. I, yeah. I, I so just, <laughs> we'll, we'll go through the clip stories of this. Yeah. But I ended up like, I was a professional boxer. I mean, obviously, I was a professional boxer. Got into a fight outside, knocked a couple guys out. Two of them ended up dying. One went to be paraplegic later because of the fight kept going. But I got in trouble with manslaughter because I didn't I didn't stop and I was defending myself, but yet I kept going. So there was like, and I ended up getting off of it. Also, there's stuff like that just because there was concealed footage and so that the people with the DA didn't do. But that you have to understand, and this is the same thing when it comes to dogs. Like, you know, you have to understand what the legal ramifications of those are. And one, like, you know, like bite patterns, Katie, like, you know this. If a dog just does that doesn't show control, you know, same thing with the person. If, you know, you get the chokes, for example, that we're talking about, you know, like when you can see you're holding somebody to like, hey, like, calm the fuck down. We're good. We're good. This. Dude, I I faced I faced actually I went to I went to prison for life for twenty six punches. Yeah, like and it's good, and I hope the crowd heard this because really, and KD, let's be honest, you know, you doing jujitsu, Mike, you've done combat sports and you teach it. I've seen you doing seminars. I got to school. I do believe people like us have to remind students by this. By the way. And a lot of people think, you know, I might be overboard with things. Um, when I do my rank test, I do a written test. And it's not, my written test consists of legal questions of each level, to be honest with you. Because as I train for my coach, I do believe we have the ethical, uh, um, you know, um, tied to this. We have to. I mean, it's the same with you guys with dogs. I'm today learning things from you guys. And I'm like, holy shit. It just blew my mind of how the, just the, the relationship when it comes to even self-defense on a dog. I had no clue some of this stuff. And like I said, I grew up with three German shepherds that ate a person. But then again, I was a kid and my dad had these, but look where we live. Of course, here's a whole different story. And the problem is, and I keep referencing KD because he explains about his experience walking the craft gym. You just can't go blitz someone in the balls. And it's like, I defended myself. Well, you got to prove that shit. Why the fuck did you pull this off? What happened? Where are we at with it? And also, it's a different when Sally kicks me in the balls than me, even if Sally's jaw dropping on me and I go fucking react with it. And I even tell our students, when we do our self-defense fence, we don't do this, we do this. And some of them ask me why. I was like, the person that's driving by and looking sees me doing this, even though I'm defending myself, and he could be that fucker's the instigator that's just coming up. I am the I am the one that started it in their eye. But if I'm doing this with my hands up, what does that view to the local person or the camera up there? Perceptive reality. Yeah. And the problem is they don't teach this, unfortunately. Somebody right. grabs you. You're going to do this, then you're going to hit this, then you're going to, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you are going to get them in trouble. I love violence, trust me, I grew up around it, but I do think we're tied with a lot of things we have to educate the crowd. Which you I two did. gentlemen do. 
as you've seen, uh, they guess probably I don't know who you guys follow my personal page, like, uh, but like my my daughter, I teach her boxing, and she's six years old, uh, and yeah. her my the the first instinct I taught her when she was like three, I was like, we're here, and then you you go here, like open hand, close hand, like always like old school and stuff yeah, like that, go. but subconsciously what I was teach I was teaching her was like, hey, back the you know back up. And Absolutely. then they come in, you know, that's why she learned check hooks and pull back counter twos and all this other stuff very young. Just because like that was like the whole thought process. Like, you know, you're not the bully. You're the one that's going to back up, back up, back up, back up. All right, you're missing up. Pop, pop. You know, there, there's yeah. your issue. But like, that's the same. I love the fact that you said that <laughs> for us because that yeah. was, you know, one of the bigger intentions like that. But plus, even Mike, you know, even self-defense, you as a boxer, Perry, Perry, when we do yep. this, how the fuck you're parrying? And this yep. is where, <laughs> where, where the skills of, and no disrespect to boxing, I adore, and my background is dirty boxing. Love fucking boxing night and day. But also, training with gloves is kind of different when we use the knuckles and the hands. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of different. I see when somebody punches, I see him do this. I'm like, oh, Lord, we got to fix that thumb or he's going to fucking suck. If you Here we go. Down this way. Exactly. 100%. And it's the same when I say this. I tell him he can parry and this can turn to a punch so easily. Or why would you want to flip it? And, and, and the scary part until this day, we're talking 2020, as much as a weird year it is. I still see videos online. And I'm like, man, the younger me used to go and jump and talk about this. I was like, oh, whatever. You want to die, go die. Get no Frost. Get no. <laughs> yeah. At 42, and I, 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 I mean, I forgot. I had a mini stroke one day, and I'm half blinded in one eye. Just, I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't need this. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> Dude, it's all day, man. Like, that's, I mean, again, you know, going back to, like, the whole, point of drinks and dogs and what we're talking about is you know personal protection in general with dog without dog understanding levels of stress striking off a stress inoculation which is a huge thing on dogs and people inside and just you know and then the importance especially what you just said for us just 20 like we're we're in a level of a world we're, we're in a world where now like this is really important that should be happening people should be taking consideration of you know taking you know understanding what what is personal protection what is cardio kickboxing because you go you. and do you hit a fucking punching bag or you know like kd what is krav maga what is Frost maga and honestly you know what i do for my guys sorry to cut you guys off i'm not good but you know kd i'm giving him time one thing i do for my students every now and then um one of our students uh his kids are in jujitsu He's a criminal defense attorney. I also pay him to do a seminar in my gym every now and then. And all my students after class will end up doing this. <laughs> About breaking down the law. And I have to go that far. Because Good I use my students. You are paying me. I have to make it true to you. Because I do not want to have my student calls like, well, coach, I just hit the guy with an elbow like you told me. And now I'm in prison with Bobby and all these guys looking at me. What am I going to do? I'm like, before and hold that statement real quick. As Froz, like, you know, obviously, you know, Rosh, like, we started this, uh, we started this gym and I was mm. teaching them, like, you know, all this other stuff. But I told them, I was like, you understand, like, I, I, I learned like Mexican style boxing, and everything was fine. I got into a fight. I ended up using this style of boxing that I used. 
and I ended up facing life in prison. Like I ended up, I was like, so understand like everything that you're doing is a form of defense, not as a proactive measure to oh, fight somebody. So, you know, scaling back using counters, like that's the big thing why I teach a lot of counter movements when it comes to, you know, fighting is to understand like you're, it's a form of defense. It's not a forward movement type of a thing. So even when I was teaching over, you know, at Arash's gym, I was always just like, dude, I was like, you have to understand, like, manage the mind. You know, it's not just, oh, because I have this skill set, I'm going to go ahead and just apply it to people who are just being a dickhead who talk shit to me. It's more of the fact of like, hey, like this person's trying to attack me. I need to learn how to use it in this way. And like, these are the implications of having that skill set. Because be, because you know two punches can put you in prison forever, oh, yeah. or, el or elbows or whatever, or choke or you know. Brother, I mean, I have seen uh, when I brought this attorney to talk to the students. Um, his name is Rick Johnson. I love him to death, um, Richard Johnson, Rick Johnson. But and he even spoke of a dude that punched someone. The dude took a step back, fell on his head, died. Yep. He was the one instigating. He's the one that threw the first hit. Yep. That dude got fucked the other one. And you see, all my students' eyes are just wet. And I have to explain to them, too, because here's the fine line of what we teach self-defense. You have to speak the ramification, but it's also on make them understand you still have to defend yourself somehow because violence is violence. But I also believe in control and restraints. That is why it's one of my highest and hardest Part of because I teach my curriculum as in belt ranks, it's called levels. And the most harshest thing I am always on, and all my students, I teach them control restraints how to pretzel somebody and just put them down. And literally, that's what I've done all my life. If you look at my knuckles, I don't have so much damages. I have slapped people more and pretzeled them than more I have punched them or elbowed them. And I've saved those for the ring. More than I've done it in the street. Don't get me wrong. There's situations that I had to, but it's not something that I brag about or I've listed as my accomplishment. I've KO'd someone. A yeah. lot of I have put somebody down from working in the prison, and I have worked eight years also in the mental institute in the hospitals. We got patients off the wall. I'm gonna go fucking hit a patient, especially yeah. when I work at the forensic mental hospital, which I'm dealing with mentally deranged um, murderers, criminals. You know. You can't lay a hand on those guys. You know, they're off the wall. I've had like really said, but it enabled me with my training when I come into KD, when I tell them my judo jiu-jitsu uh, training have helped me in control. And that's where jiu-jitsu also was very good about it, even my wrestling. And you, you can't, I mean, I'm going to hit a mental patient. How is that uh, an illogical? Even when I worked in the penitentiary system, we had vinyl people. And there was more, but the law, I can't just go get out of the club and hit that person. It's not going to work. So I've always been harsh and very, very, every class, no matter what I teach, always control and restraint, always control and restraint. Whatever we can do it from takedowns to all that, it's much better to do that than get into. Again, I'm not against fist fighting, so don't get me wrong, but that is not always the answer. And we're not doing justice to our clients when we tell them, Oh, you just duck and hit the dude. That's gonna look Katie. really ugly on camera. Katie, let's talk. Uh, so, Faraz, you got a huge point on that constraint and dominant dog collar, for example, when it comes to dog stuff. 
I mean, he's smirking already. I see that smile on his face. <laughs> like you, the dogs can't be. I mean, we're not creating handler conflict. We're not doing anything like that. We are restricting a specific behavior by la or suppression of you know oxygen and everything like that. Right? We're reprioritizing the dog's agenda. Exactly. So when you have a dog who's trying to do violence upon you, you have a number of choices. You can do violence back upon them and just realize what contract you're signing. You're signing a contract to a fight, and you better hope you can win it. And against yeah. the dog, not very many people can. And realize when you bring pain yeah, to the dog, dog is going to bring pain back to you. As opposed to a dominant dog collar, all I'm doing is reprioritizing that dog's agenda. So instead of bringing pain upon me, he now suddenly has to think about something else of value, which is oxygen and breathing. And I can do it in a very calm manner, the way Froz you know, explained. It's not elbows. It's not punches. It's chill out, dude. Chill out. Okay, you're good. You're good. You're ah, ah. I said, are you good? <laughs> are you are you gonna be good? Are you gonna be a good boy? Okay. Oh, you're a good boy, you're good. <laughs> and like that's the I mean, like that's the I always tell us like it's my it's your drunk friend at the bar. You know, it's a it's the one that's just like, well, some of them. Uh, <laughs> there's the one like, hey, like exactly explain it, Katie. It's hey, are we good? All right, you're not good. All right, we're, we're good. All right, cool. Like, you know, you're just kind of reinforcing it, but, you know, just kind of relating it back to dog training in that sense. You know, I, I feel like that's, I think that's applicable in, like, in all senses of, like, you know, in, in real world in general. And, like, that's why constraint when it comes to people, you know, it's a less lethal way, or people said it's a less lethal way of, you know, stopping somebody, some, somebody and getting in trouble and obviously learning you know the laws and legal uh, the legalities when it comes to it and then with dog training you know it's a way of not creating conflict and like what we've talked about with like handler conflict and you know having a team and all this other stuff you know those are the things that we we want to make sure that we're, we're we're basically working with and Kitty helped me out with this in a little bit but we're working with that you know we're building a team versus just like yanking a dog off uh we have tim in disguise we uh you know, yanking a dog off and ha like hard outing and do, like, you know, choking them off like that can, can create an issue. But kind of what you said, you know, when it's like, all right, we're going to get into this fight. All right, we're about, to get, we're about to get in this fight type of a thing. Whereas in the fight, when it comes to a person, you know, like you can, in, in my case, like end up, <laughs> end up in solitary confinement for a little while. Uh, and that's not the funnest place to be just for the kids out there watching this. Uh, <laughs> Especially when you think you're on the right and the law says no. <laughs> that feeling is just sucks. <laughs> I, I got uh I got attacked by three guys. I was one person, uh everyone had knives. Uh DA decided to withhold uh evidence. Uh and I ended up doing face in life and I did six and a half months in solitary confinement. And my uh my cellmate beforehand, the reason why I went so, uh solitary confinement was uh murdered right in front of me and I didn't do anything. And they put you in solitary confinement because of that? Because that snitch. Oh, okay. I got it. I got it. Yep. yep. Hey, so not against them, but I understand that whole laws thing. is everything, guys. Uh, and it can put you in a very weird space. Somewhere. Oh, I tell them. I mean, uh, 
a good time overseas, not here, never here. <laughs> overseas, there's no justice. I got dragged and dumped in a place in a dark room for a couple of months. I'm like, what did I do? He's <laughs> just like whole different setting. And and here's the you know when I I speak to folks here and and I'm kind of harsh on like Mike Life's on some of the shit I post and. It's just um, the pacification of this country sometimes drives me nuts. And why I would say this, this country is so blessed. Not being political. Leave that throw out. I don't give a shit about all that. I'm just saying of everything that this country's citizens get handed here. Different than countries when you sit in places like suddenly something came up and suddenly you get snatched and you have no right to phone calls. You have no right to tell anybody here you, to tell where you're at. And suddenly you're just getting the piss beat out of you and you don't know what. And it comes to a point you're getting your ass beat so hard. You just agreeing to whatever they want you to agree you to make it stop. <laughs> and that's why when I hear stories of here and people complain on justice and don't get me wrong, there is wrong things happen also here. Don't get me wrong. But to the level of what I've experienced or witnessed, I'm like, oh boy, you guys are in a shell shock one day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Field trip. Field trip. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, boys and girls. Get your lunch bag. We'll get on the bus and we'll head to Babakunabadua. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it and 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 uh, you know where I grew up, and honestly, we had to fight, and you had to fight, or somebody's gonna take you out. I would never forget the day. The idea was in a gas station. Uh, we were in a GMC with one of my friends, big ass GMCs down there to drive. I don't know what he did. I had no idea. Suddenly the doors open, fists are flying, and so we're getting dragged out. We're just getting dragged out. And I'm just hitting anything that just wants to hit me. I can't even see it. Just like boom, boom. And you do this here, everybody gets arrested. You know, the cops, when they show up down there, they're like, look at people. If they don't stop, everyone is getting a beating. So you see the cops, well, you and the person you're fighting, you're like, <laughs> we're bailing out because the beating is coming. And it's coming yeah. severely, and we're all going to get arrested and never come out. And I laugh here. The cops sits and whatever, and they talk and interview. I'm like, holy shit, we never got that. We just got our ass whooped just for watching. <laughs> but it, it builds a different animal. And that's why when I, I, I talk to students and I'm like, it's not that I got a hard on for this shit, you know, at the age now I'm a single father raising a 16 year old, you know, just making sure he didn't see some of the things I see. But when I, 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 I hear or read some of the complaints or how people look for trouble here, I'm like, oh my God, what do you guys Well, and, and a thing that you pointed on, and this is something that Katie, you said as well, is experiencing violence re responds like, you know, how you react to it or, you know, creates how you react to it. Once you've experienced violence, once you've seen the nitty gritty of like, you know, like, like Katie said, reality, when you see the reality of what violence can be, you know, that what's creates, you know, stuff that can help a dog become very good in personal protection, a trainer who is doing, you know, coaching, like what you're experiencing in Froz, uh, you know, and like just what Katie does too, like, you know, you can help create the perfect picture that helps people deal with these things you know even like you know stuff that i've experienced in my life you know kind of stuff that i've expressed with that like there's a certain level of being calm within the crazy and like being able to understand like even when like shit's in the fan blood's on the wall things are going on things are going crazy like to be able to find that clarity and find that technical ability to one 
protect yourself, protect your family, and work to the best opportune level that you possibly can, like, and learn the techniques. That's what it's all about, right? When it comes to personal protection, you know, you you can take the, as many cardio uh, and uh, what's the, what was that guy's name? Uh, Billy Blanks. Tybo. Tybo. Oh my God! And then uh, so, what's the other one that's uh, been crazy all over the country? Tybo dude, boxing. So I I met him. He came to the shop. There's actually a celebrity sweat episode of me, Billy Blanks, and this other guy doing that. <laughs> really? <laughs> dude, like look it up, celebrity sweat. Like don't make fun of me. But celebrity sweat is like me and like Kung Lee. Like we we're doing like this whole episode of it. But there's a level of understanding of what that is versus what reality combat with protecting yourself what violence is like and because you do that stuff and then the you know day and age that we are in now where everything's on zoom and all this other stuff and you know time sessions like it's it's not the same uh and even just in general within dog training you know protection training i'll share one story um of my experience at the age of fucking 12. we got four minutes for us four and a half minutes I'll make it quick. And when I talk about reality violence uh, with my little baby brother, literally at our house, and I lived in Saudi Arabia, we're in Jeddah, um, in the borderline of uh, a deserted area back then. I walk out looking for my baby brother. I see him. He was sitting, and he has his eyes. It was dark, and the spotlight is an other spot of outside this wall. Houses are walls. I look at him, and this fucking truck just takes a fucking half a Yui, and the sand just flies off there, and they jump on this dude. I grab my brother and I hug him and I grab muzzle his mouth and hold him. I'm literally a couple of feet away. These guys put this guy in the wall. I can hear the knife go in his throat and the gurgle. And I'm holding my brother and he is like shaking and I'm poking him. If they just literally heard us and looked, do what I've thought. Next. Yep. At that age, shit like that we witnessed. Okay, that's fucking. I hate to say, it, being born and raised in San Jose, that's the shit that you deal with. I mean, I mean, like even you know Saudi Arabia, like that's. Yeah, <laughs> that was back then. Thanks for saying. But that's the level of shit sometimes that people sometimes don't have an idea. And I was like, guys, a lot of people don't have a fucking idea, which is why they're so vocal about shit and why they're so loud. The louder they are, the less they fucking know. Especially the keyboard warriors. Keyboard warriors. <laughs> and that's the. <laughs> And like for like for me like that's why I'm I'm kind of trying to be more vocal about it because like I feel like people that don't understand it once they see it it's like I mean like not many people can say I remember the last time blood's been sprayed over my uh, sprayed on my face from an artery being put like you know blown up you know not many people can say that you yep. know like or the last breath a person can take the witness. Not many people can say that. And people are very vocal about shit like that that don't really understand it. And it's it's pretty, you know, violence is everywhere, but that's why you have to be prepared. Stellan! Stellan! Do you have Stellan on your arm? No, I'm saying Stellan. You know the video with Stellan? You almost got me murdered right now. Fucking Katie, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was trying to end the episode with a great joke referencing bite work and violence in the Stellan videos that went Yeah, viral. we kind of went gloom and gloom a little bit. Katie is just trying to lighten it up. <laughs> Dude, there's a dog downstairs that will murder me.
Uh, well, again, guys, we got a couple hours. We'll, we'll talk offline. But um, thanks again for being on here. Please check out my brothers, KD and Frost. Uh, as you can see on the, the screen next to us, there's all the guys there. Thank you guys so Appreciate much for being guys. on, taking the time of the night. I know you guys are out, you know, on the East Coast, so it's even later for you guys than it is for me. So appreciate everything you guys are doing and being out there. Check out Socratic's A9 or K9. Check out you know the Warrior Academy, everything like that. Check these guys out. Appreciate you both and for everybody that's watching thank this. You. Thank, thank you. you, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you guys.